0: Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's gonna really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today.
1: Here we go. Well, I am excited about 2022 and I'm excited for college as well. We already have so many people that are expressing interest for 2022. So I just want to encourage you, get on board. If you've been thinking about it, don't think anymore. Just step into it. And we're also going to make it easier than ever before for you to come and learn the Word of God. And I am really excited that we're going to be running a night college. So you'll be able to come at night, learn the Word of God. Go deeper if that's what you're into, but you know <laughs> you know what, for me, it's all about is when you learn the Word of God, it changes your life. It changes you from the inside out. I've been studying the Word of God for a long time now, and the more I learn, the more I know there is to learn, and I'm constantly amazed at what God's showing me, and I'm going to show you something tonight that I only just discovered just recently, and it's amazed me again. <laughs> so... I, you know, I've been praying all week, as we all have, but I've got this sense that God is wanting to do something significant in this season. And if you will lean in to what's happening, if you will lean in to what I'm going to talk about tonight, what Pastor Jared is going to speak about on the weekend, I believe things are going to shift in your life. Things are going to change. And I don't say that lightly, you know... <laughs> When I prepared this, I prepared this message quite a few weeks ago, and then Pastor Jared suddenly put on an um, anointing service because he said, I want to anoint people to go and, you know, reach people for Christmas. And I just, I went, God, you are so funny. You are so funny because my message is in total in line with that. So God is doing something. When God does that, He's doing something. So now some of you will just miss it. It'll be just another nice message and you'll go home and nothing will change. But for, I'm hoping for a good portion of you, you will lean in to what God is wanting to do, that you will go, okay, God, you're speaking. Let me have eyes and ears wide open to what you're wanting to do. Fix my eyes on Jesus because I think God is shifting the church right now. He's shifting all of us. And if we will listen to what God is saying, that we will be part of the shift and we will be part of the next move of God. And I believe there's a move of God coming, but we have to move with God. Otherwise, we'll just get left sitting in the pews waiting for I don't know what. So why don't we just lean in to what God is wanting to say? So I believe He wants to realign. His purpose and plans in our life. So I'm going to start from a a chapter in John 17, 1 to 5, and you can have a look at it if you would like to. And this piece of scripture is fascinating to me because, you know, if I can tell you the background first, Jesus was about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. So some of you will know the story where Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane just before he's about to be arrested and go to the cross. And he prays this prayer. And, you know, I can imagine that Jesus was under intense pressure at that particular point. He knew what was ahead of him. He actually knew he was going to go to a cross. It says in the Garden of Gethsemane that he sweat blood. Now, I've looked that up in, the, in Google because, you know, Google knows everything these days. <laughs> And that is is a condition that actually can happen when you're under extreme stress. So he was human, just like you and I are. He was also God, but he was human. And he went through the pressure. So here he is before he's about to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prays this, and it's the high priestly prayer. And in verse uh, verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke these things and raising his eyes to heaven he said father the hour has come glorify your son so that the son may glorify you just as you gave him authority over all mankind so that to all whom you have given him he may give eternal life jesus wants to give you eternal life and this is eternal life that you may may know that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, I glorified you on the earth by accomplishing the work which you have given me to do, and now you, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with um, the glory I had with you before the world existed now that word that word glorified is doxazo, and I thought. I'm going to glorify God. We've just done it this, this, this evening, haven't we? We've praised and we've worshipped. I am glorifying you, God. I'm glorifying you. That's what my understanding of that word glorified is. But I looked it up, and in the, um, the Greek, doxazo, it's, it's to make known. It's to complete your mission. So I have glorified you. I have made you known. I have completed my mission. It's not this I'm worshiping you, I'm glorifying you, it's I am completing my mission. So the question I wanna ask us is, are we completing our mission? Are we glorifying God by completing our mission? We're not just standing here glorifying God, I've come to church and I glorify God. No, it's I'm coming to church to complete my mission. I'm coming to complete my mission. Jesus said, I'm now going to the cross so all will know that the love that you have for them. Jesus completed his mission. He made known the Father, then he died and was resurrected on the, on the third day. So Jesus understood his mission and he completed his mission. And we get some clues in the following parts of this chapter about how we complete our mission. Now, we all talk about this mission, don't we? We've talked about it tonight. We want you to complete your mission. What's your mission? What's my call? And, um, well, I'm going to help you see what the call is and how we complete this mission. So, so Jesus prays for himself, God, help me complete my mission. Help me glorify you. Then he goes on after that and he prays for, his, for the disciples So there's three parts to this chapter. First one, he prays for himself. God, help me complete my mission. The second part is he goes on to pray for his disciples. And here's some clues. So in John 17, 17 to 18, he says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Sanctify them by your truth means the word is truth and makes us holy for our mission. Let me say that again. I've sanctified them by your truth. I've given them the word. I've given them the word. And now they're going to go out and take the word to the people to show everyone how to believe, what to believe. And we are recipients of the disciples taking the word. But for us, we need to be sanctified by the Word. Come to Bible College and we'll help you be sanctified by the Word. <laughs> so, the Word is what prepares us for mission. The Word is what prepares us for mission. Um, I just want to encourage us, too. You know, how can we know what our mission is if we don't know what the Word of God says? How can we ever discover what our mission is if we don't know what the Word of God says? We have to know what the Word of God says. Um, You know, each of us has a very different mission or, or a calling or a purpose. You know, and there's many ways that we can discover that. But I have found, as I have spent time in the Word, God has shown me who I am. He has helped me overcome my insecurities and my fears and my... Excuses and my reasons why I'm not good enough or I'm not enough or I'm scared or afraid or whatever my excuses were for my mission, but yet he put in me everything that's in here, showed me how to follow him, showed me how to overcome the things that were holding me back, showed me what I should do. And bit by bit, as I discovered day by day, by being in his word, I began to discover the purpose and call for my life. It shocks me. It shocks me, the numbers of people that don't spend time in the word and then wonder why they don't ever achieve what, what God has put on their life. And they're frustrated they're frustrated and they um get disillusioned with god because they feel like well maybe i was supposed to do this and i haven't arrived there it's because you've got to be in the word you've also got to be connected to people too and we'll talk about that in a minute but be in the word of god be in the word of god the mission is always about bringing glory to god it's always about making god known to others but if you don't even know who god is how can you make him known and we find out who he is by this love letter that he's written to us by right from the old testament through to the new testament i'm constantly amazed at what i discover about god and how good he is through his word and what he wants to do in our lives and through our lives and it never gets old i you can't tap it out i've been trying to tap it out i can't tap it out do you know what i mean by that i think maybe the young people do i don't know What I mean by that is the more you dig, the more you read, the more you learn, the more there is to learn, the more you grow, the more you go, wow, I'm constantly in the Word going, wow, never saw that before, read that a thousand times, never saw it like that. But God, thank you that you're showing me who you are. You're showing me your purposes and plans. You're showing me the mission. You're showing me how to do it through the Word of God. So we need to make God known to others, but we need to know what he says in Psalm 86, verse 12. It says, I will praise you, O Lord, my God. With all my heart, I will glorify your name forever. Now, the word glorify here is a Hebrew word and it's to make make honored. So I'll read it again. I will praise you, my Lord. With all my heart, I will honor your name forevermore. Are you honoring the name of God? You know, the more we grow spiritually, It's not so that we will look good to others, but that God would look good to others. I'm going to say that again. The more we grow spiritually is not so we look good to others, but the better. The truth is that the more we grow spiritually, the better God looks to others. We need to make God known. Are you using your gifts and talents you have to glorify and honor God? Are you using your gifts and talents to glorify and honour God, to make God known? You know, I get this question all the time is, you know, college students coming with, well, what is my calling? What is my mission? What is my purpose? And you may be asking yourself the same thing. And I just want to encourage you that it's not the big flashy moments of life or achieving a certain position or recognition of achievement That puts pressure on us to strive and perform and to be affirmed by others. Most of all, it leads us to diminish the simple, often hidden steps forward that God calls us to every day. It's the small, everyday moments that God is working to accomplish His plans and purposes in our lives. It's those small steps. The choices may seem insignificant and inconsequential, But in reality, God uses these moments to make a difference to you and to the world around you. So stop worrying about the destination and start taking steps that glorify God. Every day we can make God known. Every day. You know, in Romans 12, this is my favorite scripture, and anyone who's done Bible college will know I use it at the beginning of college. And I use it at the end of college because it's powerful and it has spoken to me so powerfully. But I'm going to read it from the message and it says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. What a great piece of scripture. You know, I just want to encourage us don't compartmentalize your life. Don't go, okay, I'm coming to church now, I'm glorifying God, I'm doing my bit by serving in the car park or whatever. Don't do that. Every part of your life should glorify God. What you do at home as parents should glorify God. Are you teaching your children about God? That is is your purpose and call. You are glorifying or making known God. You are completing your mission when you parent your children in the ways of God. And trust me, you will need the Word of God to get your children through. (laughs) I've got all adult children now, so I think I can kind of rest a bit and a couple of grandchildren. Now we'll start with them. But... Even as I pray for my grandchildren, as I'm giving my children wisdom on how to raise them in godly ways, I'm glorifying God, fulfilling the purpose and call for my life. Every moment of your day should glorify God. When you go to your job, what are you like? Are you glorifying God? Are you honouring Him? Are you making Him known? Are you... Well, I'll save that bit. Are you inviting them to church? Can I just also say, I want to encourage us that, you know, when you come into church, don't bring the culture of the world into church with us. You know, when we come to church, when we go on a a serving roster, do you know that if you spent the next 30 years in the creche loving on that generation and teaching them the Word of God, then you are glorifying and honouring God. You are making Him known to the generations. I cannot... Think of a more worthy thing to do than to spend 30 years of my life in the crash training up the next generation. It is not about, oh, well, I'll start in the, the car park, then I'll go to ushering, then I'll go to the creche, and then I'll end up on stage or on staff. Whatever. Whatever. It's, don't bring that culture of climbing the corporate Christian ladder into the church. It is not how it works. It's about laying down your life and serving those that God puts in front of you my heroes are people that have been serving in the car park. We heard a great story, and I'm not going to share it, but we heard a great story about how someone in the car park last week really ministered to someone. And I thought, thank you, God. They are making you known. They are glorifying you. And if they do that for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years until the day they step into eternity, they've completed their mission. They've completed their mission. Are you making God known? That's how you complete your mission. You know, it's been said, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. I want to encourage you, use both words and actions. I brought this up because, you know what, when you go out, you can take this word and you can apply it straight away tomorrow morning. You can use words and actions by grabbing this, crossing your road and inviting your neighbor to Christmas. That's making Jesus known, right? Right. Can we do that? Can we commit to that? That's just something very simple you can do. Grab this on the way out. If you're feeling a bit nervous, start by putting it in the letterbox. That would be okay too, you know, because I was nervous about speaking to people about Jesus when I first got started, but I can cross the road and put it in the letterbox, right? That's not going to cost me much. And maybe as Pastor Jared said today, someone might come to your door where you sit down, take the time and speak to them about Jesus. And don't worry if you don't get it all right. It doesn't matter. God has done something in your life. You can share something of the goodness of God and you can be passionate about it and you're making him known. How good is that? So how do we represent someone well? How do we represent Jesus? How do we be like Jesus? Number one, you know, always be thinking about who you're representing. Are you honoring God? Are you representing him well? Are you thinking about Jesus often? Are you enamored by God? Is he always in the forefront of your mind? You know, the longer I go on, the more I can't believe how good God is. I started off just hoping God was good. I started off hoping that he could change my life. I started off hoping that the things I heard about could be true in my life. That's how I started. I hoped, Jesus, I hope you can do something with my life. I hope you can make things turn out because I've done a really good job of messing things up. I hope you can. But step by step, as I stepped it out, as I started following him, now I look back and I go, wow, look what you've done. Look what you've done, my humble, faithless prayers. (laughs) I wish I prayed bigger prayers when I first got saved because now I look back and I think, gosh, God, you've exceeded every prayer I ever prayed because you are so good and you love us so much. So be enamored by God. Have him in the forefront of your mind. In Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4, in the message, it says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. (laughs) Don't you love the Bible? I love the message. It's pretty straight. Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He's your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. I love that, that God wants to find the real you. And I know for me, being a very shy, insecure, full of fear, I think back 35, 40 years ago, I probably would have carried a label called, what is it when you have anxiety attacks and... Uh, anyway I had anxiety attacks a lot of them ended up in hospital all that sort of thing I had you know we we would probably term it mental illness now had all of that but as I discovered God as he started to work in my life the real me came out that wasn't the real me that was the me that was full of fear insecure didn't know which way was up Didn't have anybody to tell me which way was up. But when I found God and found his word and started to apply his word to my life, fear dropped off, insecurity left me, and the real me emerged. The real me emerged, and he'll do that for you too. So number one was always be thinking about who you represent. Number two, look in the mirror to evaluate yourself. So, if you're going to discover the call of God, you need to be brave enough to look in the mirror to evaluate yourself. John Wesley said, We should be rigorous in judging ourselves and gracious in judging others. But often we are rigorous in judging others and gracious with judging ourselves. So, we need to have a healthy look at ourselves and continue to grow in God and his ways. You know what? When I read the word of God, it convicts me often. But the challenge for me is not to go, oh, I don't really like that part. There's quite a few scriptures actually, I wish I could just rip out. But because <laughs> they convict me. But as I go, God, I don't, I find that really hard and I don't understand it. But yet, nevertheless, let me apply that and trust you with that and not do things my way. But as I do that, then uh, my life changes and turns around and it, is going great because I'm following Jesus, because here's the handbook, here's the love letter to us. So, But James 1, 23, 24 says this. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. We need to have a healthy checkup from the neck up. Have a healthy look at what the Word of God says and how are we living our lives and make the adjustments. Number three, we need to ask people to keep us on track. You know, we cannot complete our mission. We cannot, you cannot complete your calling without a community of faith, without a church. I am yet to see anyone do anything significant in God or in God, God's purpose and call. So you can go chase your own purpose and call but it will leave you lacking. It will leave you unfulfilled because we're all designed. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship created for good works. God uniquely created you for good works. And if you run off and chase your own thing, then you'll never feel totally complete. You'll never feel like I've this is where I'm meant to be. But as you complete his mission, his call, then you'll you'll feel that completion. You'll go, this was what I was made for. Every day I wake up and I go, this was what I was made for. I love it. I love every part of my life because it was what I was designed for by my creator. But I had to discover who I was through the word and through the community of faith. You cannot do it without the church. I'm sorry if that's disillusioned you. And you know what? Sometimes being within the community of faith, I'm just going to be real honest now, is not always easy. Because people annoy you. Sometimes you annoy me. <laughs> and can I just say, can I just say that when you annoy me, <laughs> that that is God's grace for my life. Because it gives me the opportunity to be more like Jesus. It gives me the opportunity to love. It gives me an opportunity to forgive. It gives me an opportunity to serve you when I don't want to, and I become more like Jesus as I do that. So if people are offending you, well, then that's great because you get to be like Jesus. We don't like that, I know. I don't like it either, but it's God's way. So we cannot fulfill the call or purpose of our life without, without the community. Number four, have humility and apologize when you mess up because we all do. You know, Proverbs 22, verse 4 says, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor. And you know, the final part of this message, of this passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to read it all, but it may come up on the screen in John 17, which you can read it later, but it talks about being unified. And it says, this last prayer, Jesus actually prayed for himself, then he prayed for the disciples, then he prayed for you and I. He prayed for those that would come to know about Jesus or would know about him and would follow after him after he had been long gone. That's us. So he prayed for us and he said, I pray that they would be unified. I pray that they would be unified so that the world would know who I am. And the strategy of the enemy is to get us divided and to get us polarized and the the problem i'm seeing at the moment in our world is that there's all these things rising up to polarize us so we're either in this camp or we're in that camp you know this this um cancel culture that is out there where you cannot have an opinion unless it's my opinion and it polarizes us and separates us But that's a strategy from the enemy. We cannot allow that in the church. We cannot allow that. We must stay unified. Now you can have strong opinions and that's okay. I've got some strong opinions too. But you know what maturity would say is that I can agree to disagree with you and still walk with you. That's maturity. Where we can disagree with each other, but still walk together. And I want to encourage us, let no division come amongst us. Let's not get caught up in the spirit of the world of division. Let's stay, stay connected together because do you know what? Fear is the driver for those things. We are, we are created for community and fear will drive us apart. The very thing that will set you free from fear is what will drive you apart. So stay connected. The more mature we are, the more we can walk together together. You know, um, I just want to finish up on this story, but God really had to deal with me on this area of division. And it was happening in my own family, in my marriage. I remember I went through a season of really being so annoyed at John constantly. I was looking at everything he wasn't doing, all the things he wasn't doing right, all the things he should be doing, all the things that I wanted him to do that he wasn't doing. And then I started Thinking about that with the kids as well, they were annoying me because they weren't doing what I wanted them to do, and they weren't reading their Bible enough, and they definitely weren't listening to enough podcasts, and they definitely were not following Jesus the way I thought they should follow Jesus. And I was going on and on, and I'm praying to God, God, you have to sort this out, sort John out, sort, and you know what? (laughs) You know what, John's, uh, what God, not John. John was very gracious. What God said to me, God said to me, says Donna. You have enough stuff in your own life to work out? Will you look to me and sort your own stuff out and let me sort John out, let me sort your kids out? And I went, oh God, I'm so sorry, you're right. I do have so much stuff to sort out. And I just want to encourage us, let's keep looking at Jesus. Let's look to ourselves, sort ourselves out first before we start judging anyone else, criticising anyone else. Let's be working on ourselves. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to bring people hope through the revelation of the good news of Jesus. Will you make Jesus known? Will you complete your mission? Why don't we stand? Why don't we worship God?
0: Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others